Hi, everyone. Welcome to Something Seems Queer after a two-week-long break. I think it might have been longer. I feel like it's been longer. We are back in action. Yes, two queer girls talking about the strange and unusual. Yes, I just had my surgery about a week ago, a little over a week ago. And everything was awesome and went successfully. It I, was. I have a question before you continue. Yes. Did they leave any surgical instruments in there? You know, I really hope not. Okay. I just had to make sure. <laughs> everything seems pretty good so far. Good, good, good. I am regaining mobility pretty fast. I will say that a lot of it is just pushing through the pain, which, I mean, I do anyway, so... Mm-hmm. I'm really excited, though. It's like going to be a brand new leg. Yeah, that's a good thing. Maybe you'll be able to like do the things that you want to do again. Like, oh my gosh. Roller like, skate? I was going to say roller skate. <laughs> so I was excited. also going to say lift excessive amounts of weight with your mm-hmm. legs. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Uh, move my cat litter from mm-hmm. upstairs to downstairs. That would be great. I'm supposed to that's wait too heavy. 10 days to go to the gym. Okay. I have a week left. Oh, I'm going to try to follow the doctor's orders. I was going to say, I'm surprised that you've made it this long because I know you've been wanting to go. And I mean, to be fair, I might go, but just do arms. Uh, Anything new and exciting happen with me? Yeah. Well, that's a really nice question to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, No, nothing. (laughs) I've just been working and, Mm -hmm. and doing homework and, you know living my life you did go to a skate park though oh shit that's super great news i did and really exciting chop messaged me about the skate park that's right down the road from us and i um was so excited because i hadn't been skating in a long time because you haven't been able to go Mm -hmm. so um i was like sounds good and i put my skates on and i mean these are all people that like skate much more than i do (laughs) But they were all super sweet and super nice. And I, I had a lot of fun. We uh, the one of them wanted to do a video. And so we all lined up to go down this ramp. And I said, all right, I'll do it. I shouldn't have. I will say that I went last on purpose in case I fell. Um, everybody else went down smooth sailing. Literally last person to go. That was me fell right on my ass. But you did it. But I did it. And you know, um, a chop was very, very nice about it as as would one would assume. Mm-hmm. And um, she tried to show me how to do it. And I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So just so people know, Chop is a friend of ours who does roller derby. Chopstick, yeah. And she's like one of the nicest people I've ever met, I think. Yes. She's I'll very call supportive. Her, to be fun, I'll call her Christine for a moment. Oh, that's so... I don't love... I don't love... She doesn't look like a Christine. It no, weirds she me does out. Not. I will call her Christine, and I will say she was very nice and helped me, um, show me what to do. Uh, but by then, my legs were shot, and I was like, I'm too scared. I'm going to fall on my ass again. Uh, but she was super sweet about it, and I know she'll help me figure it out next time. So Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Yes. Yeah, so I guess that was a fun thing that I did do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All, all wearing masks outside. It was real nice. I liked it. A lot of fun. I turned 30. Oh, yeah. Dirty 30. Yeah. It was uneventful. Yeah. But, I mean, to be expected during... Quarantine. I mean, I turned 36, but mm-hmm. you did finagle a party for me somehow, so. Yeah, a little bit of a party. A little bit of one, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I will give you a, a fright with my story today. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to be covering black-eyed children. So black-eyed children are also known as black-eyed kids. 
Okay. And they are mysterious beings that look to be kids between the ages of 6 and 16 years old. And they only appear at night. Of course, because anything creepy, it only appears at night. I highly believe that's true, yes. Yeah. The kids come in groups of two or more and often ask for favors. The favors could range from making a phone call, getting a ride home, coming in to get something to eat or use the bathroom, or asking for directions. So nothing nothing crazy. No, just, you know, things and especially... For a lot of people, if you saw a kid and they're just like... You're just going to help them out. I know. And that's how right. a lot of... Yeah, I get it. The few people who have had interactions with the black-eyed kids said they have this unexplainable feeling of fear. They're just really, like, fucking scared. Okay. No one really knows where they come from. Some people think they could be extraterrestrial. Mm. Some people think they could be vampires. But the most common kind of conclusion is that they're demons. That's only funny because the story I just told you off the Facebook about that kid in the drive-thru. Oh, my God. She was cute. And she didn't say and she said back to the lady, I'm not cute. I'm a demon. Kids are so weird. The most interesting theory regarding the children's origins is one that comes from a book called Your Haunted Lives, The Black-Eyed Kids. According to this legend, the kids may be something called an Akan, spoken about in ancient Iroquois Indian legends. They talked about an evil energy that would possess children wandering alone in the woods. The kids would reemerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting super nervous while repeating themselves over and over again. And their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all people with Akan. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little frightening. Just yes. saying. So... Ooh. She gets to sing today. Nice. We are going to look at some encounters. Encounter one. Encounter one, one, one. And this is... That was a step-by-step reference from Nukes of the Black, but I didn't think you got it, so I just had to tell you. (laughs) Okay. Brian Bethel was one of the first people to document having met a Black-Eyed Children and published it in a blog back in... 1998. Damn. I bet. Was that was that when WordPress was just a blog? Probably. I bet it was. Nice. It was around 9.30 p.m. on January 16th, 1998, and Brian left his apartment in Albaline, Albaline, Albaline? Sounds good. Texas. For the Dropbox to pay his internet bill. (laughs) Okay, there are so many things that are off about this, but also I had literally no idea, though, that blogs were out in 1998. He had to go to the Dropbox to pay his internet bill. Yes. Bless. Prior to internet banking. Mm. On his way, he stopped at a dollar movie theater next to the service provider's building to use the light to make out his check. Okay, this is all hilarious. Go on. (laughs) As he did this, there was a knock on the window and he saw two young boys. He said they were probably between like 10 and 14. And he described the first boy. He said, boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover hooded shirt with a sort of gray checkered pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and he had curly, medium-length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. All right. Okay. Good description. 
Boy number two, he said he had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was sort of a pale orange, and they didn't appear to be related. Okay. Almost immediately, he knew that something was up, and he felt a sense of fear. The first boy began to tell Bethel that they needed his help. They wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie, but forgot their money. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone wants to watch it on VHS, I got it up for sale on Mercari. So there, yeah, there you go. So they wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie, (laughs) but, but forgot their money. So instead of asking for the actual money... The boys asked for a ride to their house to get it. Ryan was nervous and hesitant, obviously. Yeah. Uh, The first boy continued to coax him by saying, come on, mister. I have to say, though, before we do this, this is 1998, so it's not as weird. Yeah. But still, that's true. Because remember, no cell phones and stuff like that. Yeah. I just got to say, it's yeah, still weird, though. So he said, come on, mister. We just want (laughs) to. We just want to go to our house and we're just two little boys and come on, mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know, let us in. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little have to be asked to come in kind of uh-huh. thing. Okay. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. Creepery. We'll go to our mother's house. Okay. There's something weird about someone who calls their mom mother. I do to be funny. It's like Paul on 90 Day Fiance mm. when he said oh, mother yeah. and father. Yes, he, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it, it's, you're right. It rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Brian Bethel found himself unlocking the door without realizing it, as if instructed by the child to do so. After catching his hands, he looks back at the kids with a fresh perspective. That's when he realized that the kids' eyes were solid black, no iris, no pupil. And that's where his story ended. I couldn't find any more information about, like, what happened after it. Damn it. I was... That's not fair. So are we going to go on to story two? two yes. Two, two. One October day, a man was walking up to his front door when he realized that his neighbor hadn't set out his typical array of Halloween decorations. <laughs> he spotted his neighbor and asked him about it. The neighbor informed him that a terrifying experience a year prior deterred him from participating in Halloween that year. It was around midnight when he heard a knock at the door. Thinking it was a band of late night trick-or-treaters, the man grabbed a bowl of candy and shuffled to the door. How cute. I know. He swung the door open and he was greeted by two male teens. One of the boys asked to come in and use the phone. Luckily, he said he was overwhelmed and refused. But he said that the knocking continued all through the night. And this is a common thing that I see in these stories. When you say no, the knocking will keep happening. Oh. And that's really... I don't like this. Unsettling. I was thinking, I don't know why, but I was thinking about it the other night when I was laying in bed. And then I was just freaking myself out. Sounds so I was about thinking right. of someone knocking on my windows and then like knocking on my door up my stairs and looking out and it's just two kids and I'm now I'm thinking about it again and I'm getting freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, not here for that. Mm-mm. Encounter three, 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 three. 
One night, a man was dozing in the spare bed in his infant daughter's room when he heard a strange bump outside his house. Initially, the man thought nothing of it and thought it was just the cat, which... I get it. Yeah, like the same thing happens when I hear like a bump or a lump or a thump. Like I just assume that it's cricket doing something. That's why dumb. I don't watch scary movies on my own because those cats get a <laughs> hell out of me when they do stuff at night. Right. But the thumps continued. Mm. The man checked the porch, but the cat was nowhere to be found. He then walked into the kitchen and realized that someone was knocking on the front door. He looked and said, There's two boys. And he said they were around probably 10 or 11 and gave off a pungent moldy odor uh guess what they asked him maybe use your telegraph Sh- what the fuck yeah a telegraph okay yeah no i wasn't gonna guess that one of the boys said looking up to the man to his horror the man realized that both boys had no eyes Ignoring the odd remark about a telegraph, the man told the boy that he didn't have service in his house and shut the door. As the man slowly made his way back to his daughter's room, the two boys thumped on the walls. The man clutched his daughter to his chest as the boys knocked against the windows. Their eerie eyes and awful persistence made the man too scared to fall asleep. He remained crouched on the floor of the room for hours. The moment his wife's alarm clock went off, knocking disappeared. Uh. And the black-eyed children were nowhere to be seen. On March 17th, 2008, a 12-year-old boy was sitting in an outlet parking lot. While waiting in his mother's truck for his mom to finish getting her hair cut, he saw a boy walking across a parking lot. Okay. Thinking it was a friend from school, the boy banged on the window until the other boy turned around. He realized that he was definitely not his friend. <laughs> and the boy in the truck watched as this strange kid started to walk over and stare through the window. The boy caught a glance of the other boy's solid black eyes and knew he was staring into the face of evil. The black-eyed child kept repeating, you must let me in. I wouldn't let him in. No. No. Okay. No, just... Just want to be clear. Panicked, the boy in the truck said he crouched under the glove compartment. And after several minutes, the black-eyed boy finally disappeared. When the mom came back to the truck, she had told her son that a black-eyed child had come into the salon demanding the keys to her vehicle. Okay, that's some spooky shit. Yeah, luckily the mom was like, f- no, I'm not I'm not giving you my keys. Uh, but it's really creepy that he went through the effort to go in and try to get the keys. Yeah. What, what was he going to do? I don't know. I feel like it's story five, five. In July 2010, a man in Ohio named Noatik, he encountered two black-eyed teenagers outside of his work. He stepped outside the building and noticed two teenage boys across the street. He realized that the boys were staring at him. Okay. Which, like, missed me with that. Thinking about going on a smoke break and having two teenagers just staring at you from across the street... Black-eyed child or not, like, I am i don't want that. Now, I've never gone on a smoke break, but if I did, I also would not feel comfortable. Also, 
you know, even if I'm not on a smoke break, I also still don't want teenagers staring at me. Right. Like all around, I just, the youth is very scary to me. I get it. As a 30 year old lady, I should not be afraid of the youth, but they, <laughs> they should be afraid of you to be honest, they're so but whatever. Mean. So he went inside after his smoke break and he went back to his little cubicle and tried to refocus on his work. Through the security cameras, he could see that the two boys suddenly appeared in front of the building. Oh, I knew that you were going to say that. <laughs> They were looking into the camera and motioning him to come outside. Uh, no. <laughs> so Noah Tick was like, I, I'm, this is done. I'm not doing this. So he was contemplating whether he should call the police or not. And he said, as if they had read my mind, the boys insisted that such an action was unnecessary. That's creepy. Okay. All they needed was a phone. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Noah Tick refused. He watched in horror as one of the boys continued to stare up at the security camera while the other ventured to the back of the building. Uh. Watching the cameras. I, I, there is something so unsettling about imagining it from his position. Yeah. Two black-eyed teenagers... And they're just staring up at you through the security camera. And then one starts to walk around the back of the building. Yeah. Anytime I watch those, you know, my, my favorite murder shows and things, mm-hmm. I uh, don't like the ones where like people are literally staring directly into a security camera of any sort. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. But of a long stare and one staying, but one leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm not Kevin. No. It. So he freaked out. Noah Tick freaked out and called the police. He was watching the teenagers in the video feed the entire time. When the officers arrived on the scene, he couldn't locate the teenagers anywhere, despite the fact that Noah Tick never, ever looked away from the camera. Just kind of conveniently just disappeared. Story six, six, six. So I will say... Because I did not mention it. The thing with black eyed children is they say if you let them into your house or if you let them into your car, if you let them into, you know, anything that it's going to be nothing but like chaos and destruction. Yeah. There was a story and I didn't put it in here that I had read where a woman had let them in and her whole family got murdered. Oh. It sounded more like creepypasta to me and that's why I didn't put it in. But that's kind of the energy of it where it's... Do you know about creepypasta? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I never heard you say the words creepypasta. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I am. I did kind of grow up in that realm of... Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I do forget you're a whole six years younger than I am. Yeah. That's a big six years. Mm-hmm. So didn't that one didn't sound super but I've never read the, creepypasta, so that's the idea of what it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. Okay. So on Thanksgiving 2015, a woman was enjoying her holiday at her own house when she heard a knock. It was around 7 30 p.m. and she thought that maybe it was her neighbors, so she opened the door. Mm-hmm. She said that two boys were standing outside. They avoided all eye contact and kept insisting to enter her house. The woman became hesitant, which is when the older of the two boys became really persistent. Mm. This is when they finally looked up and the woman noticed that they had completely black eyes. She shut the door on them, but they continued to knock. Eventually, she fell asleep, and during the early morning, with all of the lights on and the TV playing, but when she woke up, she found all of the lights turned off and the TV filled with black and white static. I don't like it. I don't like it either. 
That's why when things happen around here, I ask if you were here because I get uncomfortable. Oh, and then the last encounter. Oh, story seven, seven, seven. Happened in January of 2016. A woman in Vermont made the mistake of letting two black eyed children into her home. Oh, it was a blizzard and she heard a faint knocking at the door and a boy and girl (gasps) stood there shivering and begging to use her phone. Excellent. And I mean, how are you going to say no to two little kids in the middle of a blizzard? I know. I think that's, yeah. She said she was unnerved by their presence, but the woman let them in anyway. After the children walked into the light of the family room, the woman realized that their eyes were completely black. As she stared at them, her husband's nose began to bleed, and at the same time, the power suddenly went out. After what felt like an eternity, the children spoke in unison saying their parents had arrived. The woman watched as the two quietly left her house and entered a nondescript black car with a man in a suit. Not long after the strange encounter, the woman's husband was diagnosed with a severe skin cancer, and the woman began to suffer from regular nosebleeds and had a a ton of other health issues. Weird. She's convinced that her failing health, along with her husband, it was is a result of the black-eyed kids she let into the house. So from what I've heard and from what I've kind of gathered, the black-eyed kids are kind of like the men in black that I talked about in the Mothman story. Yeah. Where they are demons that are kind of watching human behavior to try to figure out how to pass as a human. Yeah. And that's why they say things like, may I use your telegraph? Telegraph, yeah. Because, like I said in the other one, it's like they're almost there, Mm -hmm. but they're... They're not fully, they don't understand how to fully act like a human. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they maybe ask weird things mm-hmm. or things like that. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. So that was my story for the week. Well, well, spooky. I guess I'm just going to say that my story today is about someone who I'm going to see if you can figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Who was thin, unnaturally tall humanoid figure is it slenderman with a featureless head and face is it slenderman wearing a black suit it's slenderman so here's i that's why i found it so funny that you said creepypasta oh yeah because that's the only i was gonna talk about it in like a couple minutes and you're like blah 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 creepypasta and i was like really i i tried to do an okay dive on it but i you know it's I, I kind of wish I had read some stories about it, but at the same time, I didn't because I wanted to just do like an overview and such. So okay. um, he was actually created on June 10th, 2009 by Eric Knudsen, <gasps> a.k.a. Victor Surge in Victor the creepy Surge. in the creepy pasta Internet forum. Oh, brother. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're going to internet forums here. So it was actually done for a Photoshop contest that they were having. Mm-hmm. They had to create paranormal images. That was just what they had to do. Mr. Victor Surge added two black and white images of groups of children. Mm-hmm. What he did was he added a thin, tall, creepy looking figure in a black suit to those pictures. Now, everybody else that had done this um, forum as of the time that Victor had put it on didn't add anything to it, but he thought he would add some, you know, some written word to caption his photos. Okay. One of them had a quote that said, we didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. 
but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. Whoa. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> that was uh, uh, 1983. Um, the photographer is unknown, but presumed dead. And then the other one was captioned, one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library Blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanish and for what is... I need to start writing better in my own little book. <laughs> um, for what is referred to as the Slender Man, deformities cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. Ooh. And so that one says 1996 with a photographer as Mary Thomas, who has been missing since June 13th, 1968. Or 86, I'm sorry. 86. I love that. I love that he created this thing. So Angela, I just want to let you know that was just the beginning. Yeah. Posters then expanded upon the character from there. The original creator has added a little bit to it, but honestly, he's really not involved anymore. The rest of what is Slenderman is actually just from lots of different posters and a cumulative effort to give this character a life of some sort. Mm -hmm. Okay. He very, very quickly became mythos. Mm -hmm. A myth, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mythology, things of that nature. And a frightening figure to those that read about him i mean when you were growing up did you guys ever like do that bloody mary thing i never did Wait, was bloody that a, mary oh, okay that was a no because i was i've always been like a superstitious girl okay but we did do light as a feather stiff as a board Mm-hmm. Okay. i swear it worked once i swear you should, guys should see your face right I now i swear it <laughs> worked and it was at a sleepover but then someone kicked a laundry basket and everybody freaked, freaked out. out yeah okay i swear though Someone okay. levitated. Okay. All right. I know that I, I've heard a lot of stories and a lot of like urban legends and stuff. Um, did you ever do Bloody Mary? Uh, I don't know that I did. Honestly, I just watched scary movies instead. Mm. But basically, Slender Man is the, the urban legend of today with internet. Some posters started making up his backstory. A folklore story was actually created and set back in 16th century Germany that involved a character named Der Gorben. Oh. Gorbman, I'm sorry, Gorbman. And that was seen as one of the early references to Slender Man. But over time, there have also been stories um, that have been added that can date back to 5000 BC. So people are creating stories that go way, way back. And in addition to the stories, obviously, new images are created as well. Mm -hmm. So not only are these images like created, but they do look like the time frame from their when they're from there. There was one when I was reading that it said that it was like a wooden looking carving, uh -huh. as opposed to being like a picture because pictures didn't exist then or like it would look like a creepy old drawing like creepy old drawings looked. You know, mm -hmm. so they did try to keep them in the context of the time period. One of the things is that because Slender Man has been written or drawn or made up by many different people, he's actually come in a couple different forms. Mm -hmm. So sometimes he has multiple arms that are kind of, you know, more tentacle like, you know, appendages. Sure. And then sometimes he just has his regular tall, creepy, ghoulish looking slender figure. Uh huh. But he's always in a black suit and mm -hmm. he always is, is faceless. Believers and fans like him so much more than regular creepypasta stuff. You've been on Creepypasta, you said, so yeah. I'm going to ask you this question. How many different, like, character type things do you think were even on there? When was this? 2009? Mm, sure, yeah. 
And there's probably a lot. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. wanted you to say a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if if I if memory serves me correct, the only one that I know of is Slenderman. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me wonder. Like I was like, well, why the hell was Slenderman so? Like, what was it about Slenderman? Do you know? No. So this is what I'm thinking, and I kind of, I kind of go along with it because um, there, there were a couple people that did comment like this. So, so basically, the believers and fans of Slenderman like him so much more because he basically deals more with psychological horror mm-hmm. as opposed to just trying to freak you out. Right. People are then are just more scared and paranoid about regular everyday things because that's where Slenderman actually is. Yeah. He's not like, I'll just say, like at the bottom of the lake, like Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Or at a camp. I'd have to go to Camp Crystal Lake <laughs> if I wanted to do that. In this Ooh. case. Mm. Did you have that last year? What? I So I used to work at a coffee shop and we'd have specials every month. And we had, and I had Beetlejuice. a Camp Crystal Lake latte that one of the breweries Was that made. spicy though? No, it was strawberry and toasted marshmallow. Oh, I believe I did. And it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded really good. And that made me want one. I remember you made me be- Beetlejuice a couple times and I really like that one. Maybe I'll go in tomorrow and get one. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, like I had kind of said of why they, they liked him because he was like an everyday thing. So do you know kind of where he appeared? What do you mean? Like first or yeah, just or, in general? Or like where where you could find Slenderman. In the woods? Yeah. So that was one of the places. So basically he's found most often in um, places that you see, but you rarely go to. Okay. So like creepy deep woods, a crumbling old hallway. Mm-hmm. That's abandoned. Nobody's mm-hmm. in there. Or my favorite that um, I had to use the exact words because I liked it so much. A rickety, rickety old playground. Because these are <laughs> all things that you see, uh-huh. but you don't go to. So guess what? What? You might see him there. Like that's if you true. look, that's a place that you see and you look, you don't go there, but you can see it. Mm-hmm. He could be there. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. But what what does he do? Does, does Slender Man just like hang out or... Just stare um, at you well, creepily? I think I know, but I don't want to, like, take your shine. Oh, you don't want to steal my thunder? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I wasn't really necessarily sure about a lot of this because I had known a little bit, but it was very, very, very slim. <laughs> Slenderman. <laughs> All right. I wish you guys could see my face right now. <laughs> I, I wish you guys I'm could looking see. in disappointment I at that I also wish you could see mine because I fucking loved disappointed it. disappointed at that joke. <laughs> All right. Sometimes he kills his own victims in like super, super vague ways. You never really get specifics because how they're given to you is fake police reports or um, fake news stories that people Mm -hmm. create. But they do it on purpose so that it's vague and you don't know. He also might, I don't know, disembowel you. Oh. Beg your organs. Why not? But sometimes... Can we just pause for one second? Yes. I just need to rearrange my leg hurts really bad okay after ridiculous struggle i got it sounds good ready yes okay and sometimes the slender band gets his victims to kill each other here's the thing though over time the line between truth and fiction kind of got a little blurred in this one the stories kept on getting farther from the origin story and people couldn't really tell what was fictitious and what was real so things got a little bit less slender man and fictitious and started to become real it wasn't just what was on the internet anymore people really thought it was the honest to god real thing when people start to believe that bad things can happen right yeah 
people realize that maybe those Slenderman stories were kind of dangerous because people might not be understanding what's fact and what's fiction. That's where my story takes a big turn. Mm-hmm. It's not just about Slenderman. It's also about a murder that, oh, well, excuse me, an attempted murder, a really wicked bad stabbing, as a matter of fact, that occurred in ye old state of Wisconsin. I did pick the one in Wisconsin, not only because I live in Wisconsin, but also because it is the most notable one that occurred, actually. Mm -hmm. This happened on May 31st, 2014 in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Did it happen that long ago? Yes, it did. That's wild. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I'll ask you what you remember about it in just a little bit here, because I'm going to tell you some things I remember. Yeah. So what happened was two 12-year-old girls uh, named Anissa Wire and Morgan Geyser lured and stabbed their best friend, Peyton Mm -hmm. Lautner, 19 times in the woods. It's just tragic. Yeah. And again, I'm going to say that they were 12 years old. I'm, I'm not going, I mean, I'm going to have a little detail, but I'm not going too much into detail and depth, but they had a sleepover. Wire and Geyser were going to do, they had a plan to kill her the that night, the night before on the 30th. But that didn't go through because they just sounded like they just didn't feel like it. They were going to do it the next day. So they went to a park. They were going to kill her in the bathroom. They ended up, the attack actually happened in the woods while they were playing a hide-and-seek game. They um, told her to go hide, I'm sure. And then one of them ended up, or they both did, I'm not really sure. She was stabbed 19 times in the arms, legs, and torso with a kitchen knife. Just to get the extent of her injuries, two of the stab wounds were um, to actual major organs. One missed a major artery of her heart by less than a millimeter, and another actually cut through her diaphragm and into her liver and stomach. What happened then is that Weir and um, Geyser left saying that they were going to go get help. I'm sure that Lautner was like, huh? Mm-hmm. And also very confused in general. So she actually somehow was able to drag herself mm-hmm. to a nearby road where a cyclist ended up coming upon her and getting her the help she needed. The other two were picked up and arrested on Interstate 94. And they were just walking, just walking down the road um, in the bag with them. They had the knife. It wasn't like they were. Oh, Christ. That was my cat. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> this is why I don't watch screen movies again. God. So after seven days in the hospital, Lautner was able to leave. So she ended up doing okay. So I just wanted to get that in there first before I started talking about what actually happened then with the other two. Geyser felt no empathy when she was questioned by the police at all. Weyer, on the other hand, felt guilty for stabbing Lautner, but felt that she was doing this in order to appease Slenderman. So this is where the story gets into Slender Man a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So when they were questioned by the police in the beginning, they basically talked about how they really believed that Slender Man was real and wanted to demonstrate their loyalty to him. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to be proxies, which are basically people that get to hang out with them and stuff like that. So they wanted to be his proxies, live in his mansion and prove his existence but they also wanted to prevent him from harming their families. One of them was like real into it. And the other one was, they told the other one and the other one was like, 
okay, like I believe it too. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just how it went. But what it was is that Geyser had believed that by killing her best friend, she would actually save the lives of her family and then be, you know, super cool in Slenderman's eyes. Mm -hmm. What what is it that you remember about any of it? The trial, uh, what happened, any of it? Do you have any? I mean, I don't remember much. Mm -hmm. I was 24. So I was probably not really paying much attention to it. Mm hmm. I just remember how young they were and yeah. how shocked I was because they were kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say that I didn't watch it recently, but I did watch it in the past and it was called um, Beware the Slender Man on HBO. It was super good. They also have a Law and Order SVU episode about it. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not see that one either. One thing that I do remember even back then, but it was like reiterated when I when I watched uh, that show, they... They had um, done all this stuff in Waukesha, but then they thought that Slenderman's, like the forest and where his mansion was, was in Wisconsin, in upper, upper Wisconsin. What they actually were doing when they were walking was that they were walking from the forest place that they were, mm-hmm. or like the, the park that they were at, up to this forest. Now, they're 12. Yeah. So they thought that they could walk that. It was 335 miles. Yeah. And I remember thinking, these kids are 12. Do you remember what city they said it was in? Uh, I don't, or and I county? wish I remember. No, it's like upper, upper Wisconsin. It's like up by Michigan. Okay. I mean, it was a, it was a good chunk of time away. Yeah. Here's the thing, too, is that when they were picked up and they were questioned by police, mm-hmm. one of them, do you know what her, her, one of her very interesting questions was? No. Well, it wasn't how was my friend Peyton doing. Mm-hmm. It was... So how far did we end up walking? Oh, I felt like we were walking forever. I bet I never walked that far before. Yeah, I found that very, very interesting. So a lot of it was kind of confusing. And I also remembering remember it being a really big deal because they ended up trying them as adults. Yeah. And oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was a big conundrum. They actually tried to fight that uh, for a while and tried to get that depending on which side you were on. And it made sense to try them as adults because even though some of their thinking was definitely childish killing somebody isn't the right thing to do like they know that that's wrong so right they yeah um so that's i i understood why they tried them as adults but also the next part should not be too surprising i don't think is that they ended up both being found not guilty by reason of mental disease or a defect when you go back and you actually look at the um like interrogation tapes mm-hmm. you can tell that these kids i mean they know they did something wrong but also you you can tell something's amiss. Right. And watching it, it was kind of like creepy because, again, like one of them did not have any remorse and didn't really care at all and was just like talking. Mm-hmm. Which is very bizarre after you just stabbed your friend. Right. 19 times. 19 times. So, and left her for a dad, literally. What ended up happening then is that Geyser was, she was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia, which should have probably happened earlier. Right. It's... It's definitely seemed like people knew she had some issues prior to that. She did end up getting diagnosed and then she was given a maximum sentence of 40 years to life. So basically she's in a mental facility now and until an undetermined amount of time. And then she does have to do three years of lockup though before she is allowed out. And then she'll have some supervision and stuff once she gets out. Like they're not just going to be like, sounds good. So. Right. 
Weir was sentenced to 25 to life. Hers is the same where it's at least three years in lockup and she is in a state psych institute as well. So they are getting the mental health help they need, but they are also getting, you know, I guess punishment, mm-hmm. however you want to say that. But uh, yeah, to think that it all started from a photo on the internet that some guy put up and they believed it so much. I mean, certainly their mental health issues helped that, but they also, you know, really bought into whatever all these other people were were writing. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I part of the thing that I thought was really, really cool, though, is that it had, you know, kind of the fake stories had become true to them. And they thought that it was real. Now, when when people would tell the urban legends, you know, we don't necessarily have that written down in places where we can find out where that all started. So nobody necessarily, I mean, somebody might, but yeah. nobody necessarily knows where all of these, um, the origin stories are for different urban legends. Mm-hmm. But you know what the thing about Slenderman is? You can find it. That's really It's right neat. there. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, it's really easy to know that that is not true. And it is a, a fake, made up story and it just got taken really really way out of hand and that's what i got for the day that's wild yeah all that and then some i mean yeah. it wasn't all just slender man obviously there were there was a lot of mental health issue stuff that was going on but at the same time yeah like it should have it was it was pretty crazy how the yeah. two collided in that case it just i guess it was a odd circumstance that they just both came together and Mm-hmm. It happened. What happened? But yeah, oh, also, I do have to say that Lautner is doing just fine. She uh, had actually finally done an interview after years and years and years of not doing any. I said that she doesn't, you know, doesn't really think about those guys that much. And Good. if she ever saw them, that she would um, actually thank them. She knows that she wants a career in medicine. Bless her so, fucking heart. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That, that gives it a little bit more of a happier ending. So you said something earlier tonight about how everything is like a big bummer lately. Yeah. Can't remember exactly what you said. I mean, yeah. But I thought we could talk about some, like, things that we're happy about before we end the podcast. Oh, that... Did you have to put me on the spot? I mean, I don't... You go first. That means you go first. Okay. So I have a job interview on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That's right. Which is really exciting because I had lost my job uh, when COVID started to get bad. So I'm really excited and optimistic. Uh, Also, it's going to start getting chillier. Yes. Which is awesome. Fall weather's coming. October is coming up. You know, I got a, I, you know what? I do have a, a positive. Yes. This might be a little weird one, but you know what? I don't really care. I am happy because I finally get to talk to my ex-husband again. That is really exciting. Which seems like a weird thing, but we were together for a extremely long time. Like 13 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. We hadn't talked for a little while after, after we got a divorce for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, I feel like I got my best friend back. That's really exciting. So we've been talking and, and it's been really nice and I enjoy it. It's good. We all have positives because yes. this year sucks. Yeah, it's good to have some positives. So and then we can laugh about funny old things that we used to do and whatnot. So if anyone thinks that's weird, I don't really care. Good. Exactly. Uh, is there any final thoughts? My podcast thought is let's do this every week. I know. I'm excited now that my surgery's out of the way, which was, you know, the thing probably giving me the most anxiety. Yeah, you you were out and down for a little while there. Yeah, so now that that's out of the way, I can kind of move on with my life. So I'm really yes. excited to get things back to normal. I will agree that I was extremely stressed out because you were all down and out. And then I was having 
work and school and blah. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get back to this and do this on a weekly basis for yeah. sure. Yeah. Sounds good. I think that's it. All right. Well, everybody have a good weekend. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.